Major Tom's on what grounds control. Major Tom's on what grounds control. On what grounds podcast. Woo! All right. Are we, we are on? rolling. Care to care to lead us in, my darling? Well, uh, good morning, or what time is it? Oh, it's 11 o'clock, so yeah, good morning. Good morning, babe. Good morning, my darling. Good morning, uh, uh, every, all of our vast amounts of listeners. Good morning to you all. Um, how's everybody doing? We're doing great. Thank you for asking. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we just finally finished up Moon Age Daydream. Yes, we did. <clears throat> and... I think we need to talk about David Bowie today. I think that's a good idea, dear. Um, Would you care to start us off? You know what, maybe let's start with the movie itself. What are your thoughts on the movie? Okay, so I entered in on watching that, uh, knowing full well that from reviews, um, there were reviews saying that, oh, it was all over the place, or, you know, just... You know, people seem to be confused by it, or, you know, just like the reviews didn't seem to be like that over the top good. Um, but that's reviews for you. Me, personally, I was treated to two hours and 14 minutes of David Bowie. So if you're a fan, if you're any kind of remote diehard fan for Bowie, that was a treat. And honestly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the massive, it, it was like a collage. It was a humongous two hour plus collage, amalgamation of his entire, not only his entire career, but even going back before, you know, in, into his childhood a little bit, you know, and they touched, you know, briefly a little bit about, you know, his family life and, and everything, <laughs> nothing, nothing too deep. It was more about his musical and um, movie career and stage and all that. and. I thought it was awesome. I thought that the way that they presented it was nothing less than what what Bowie would have expected because Bowie himself was a chameleon of sorts. No, he just he 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 changed his colors, so to speak, so much throughout the years and throughout the decades. We saw him uh, dressed and appear in so many different forms. So why not have a movie that documents him in a similar form? Just all over the place, colorful, and uh, bluntly speaking, if a person decided they wanted to do, do or dabble some kind of illegal substances and watch the movie, all the better. <laughs> I, can, I can only assume. <laughs> I wouldn't know from personal experience. <laughs> But it just, you know, I it left me with a with a good with a good feeling and everything beginning to end. I liked it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And again, if you're a fan, I'd highly suggest watching it. No, it kind of puts me in the mood for you know watching again. Man, that fell to earth. I enjoyed it. It was definitely different, a different different film. And um, I, for despite being such a huge fan that I am, I'm surprised in myself with myself that I haven't watched more of his films. Yep. Or of his movies, and got to work on that. We definitely uh, can. Um, and even when it comes to his music, 
despite being a huge fan of his music, there's plenty of his music that I haven't even listened to. That was something I was even thinking about today, too. It's like, you know what? I think maybe we need to do a deep dive. Absolutely. Because me, me personally, when it comes to somebody being, like, iconic, like, take mm-hmm. somebody like Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. like, or, like, even, like, The Doors, you know, going back to, like, you know, really good, like, like, defining, like, moments in, like, like, culture, like, or pop culture, rock culture, what have you. I don't, I've never been a fan of best of albums because Mm -hmm. I don't like people telling me, like, this is why they're important. I would rather, like, go in and find out for myself. It's like, okay, this is what people listen to at this moment in time. People didn't have a greatest hits album. They had Diamond Dogs. They had you know, Ziggy Stardust, Mm -hmm. you know, like, even, like, going back to Jimi Hendrix, like, you know, it's like, I like Jimi Hendrix because I've heard Electric Ladyland. It's like, you know, I've heard that album, and it's like, there are songs that I love on that record that, you know, you'll never hear on a, on a Greatest Hits album. Speaking of Jimi, um, I remember as a teenager, I started to finally dabble in listening with Jimi, listening to Jimi Hendrix's music, and... Bear in mind, again, he was another performer that my mom was like, you know, oh, so much drugs and everything, highly discouraged me listening to his stuff, but you know what, I fucking did it. Um, My choice. And I remember Third Stone from the Sun was actually a song that I had a love-hate thing for, um, because I enjoyed the artistry of it. But that song creeped me the fuck Oh, the low voices, all the... Yeah. Wait. Strange, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I couldn't couldn't wrap my mind around it. I didn't quite understand what I was listening to. And it was... It would just end up, like, creeping me out. So I would just kind of skip over that one for the most part. And I think the next song on whatever album I had was... Either Fire was before or after that. I want to say it was after it. I think so. I think it was Third Stone, then Foxy Lady, and then Fire. That sounds right. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it the Yellow Album? Yellow Album, and it's like purply psychedelic. Yeah, Are are You Experienced? Yes, yep, that one. And, of course, every time you bring up Third Stone from the Sun, you know I always have to bring up how Rice Head Fred ripped off that melody. Which, speaking of rip-offs... Um, oh, they're going to start barking probably in a second. I have no idea who that is. Somebody's just pulled in. Yeah, yeah I don't so know who it is. So. Get ready for some barking, yeah, there ladies might be some and barking gents. In a second. Let's see. Anything? Let's see. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, babe. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> just watch out because this foot kind of raised the cord. Woo! Okay. Yeah, don't, um, don't pull oh, on the cord. <laughs> yeah, going back to uh, ripoffs. But you know what? If right, if right said Fred, um, you know, if they if they play, if they paid their if they if they got their permissions and everything, that's awesome. And if not, well, we all know now. You know, anyways. I think these song. people might be here for us. Oh, can you pause it for a second? Yep. Yeah. All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. Okay, so ripoffs. We we're talking about Jimi Hendrix and um, Right Side Fred and all of that, and it just had me quickly thinking about. That's um, right. You heard about Ed Sheeran, and how he actually won the case for his song, because um, um, the family or the daughter of Marvin Gaye had um, sued him. I think it was 
because they felt uh, the daughter felt that um, the song "Let's Get It On" by Marvin Gaye yep. that the music was way too close to home or a ripoff of one of Ed Sheeran's songs. I don't know. I, if you heard Ed Sheeran's it song, it then you would familiar. know. Yeah. yeah. So he won the case. Good for him. I don't know the details <laughs> on it or anything, but I mean, like, I have I have mixed feelings on it because I know the song, <coughs> Ed Sheeran's song, excuse me, and um, if I listen to it, I can definitely see where, uh, where Let's Get It On definitely plays into it and everything. So, no, I don't understand why he won it. You know what but. I can say is if Led Zeppelin can win that case over Stairway to Heaven... I don't see why Ed Sheeran couldn't win his case, too. Fair enough. You know, very yeah. good point. And I mean, there's a, I, I still can't get over how Vanilla Ice has had ever gotten away with, uh, <laughs> you know, well, the song that we all know, obviously. And the song that we all feel it very closely copies. Almost too closely copies. Very closely copies. But according to Vanilla Ice, oh no, mine goes, you know, and he does a different one. So it's like, he, no, dude, you're lying. There's, there's, there's an extra beat. <laughs> an extra beat, my ass. Yeah. It sounds exactly like Queens Under Pressure. Come on. <laughs> I wasn't born yesterday. You're not going to pull that one over on me. But he's gotten away with it. It just annoys me. I mean, you know? It's like my, own your own it, just own it. You yeah. know? But yeah. I do I do like the idea though of using pre existing work for the sake of creativity in some form. Not to say that somebody should make millions of dollars off of another person's work. They've been but, doing that for quite some time in the hip hop world. It's called sampling. Yeah. Like I I, <laughs> I do like the idea of sampling, even like you know, movie quotes, like industrial bands in the nineties like did that all the time. Like ministry, you know, the, 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 it's all right. It's all right. You know, from Apocalypse Now, and it's like mm-hmm. I, I almost like because that's a I, you know I really definitely wanted to do a lot of stuff like that mm-hmm. with music, but it's like it's it's copyrighted material, you know. So now it's like okay, you have guess me, can't do that. You had me thinking about it was either a TikTok or a Facebook reel that I came across the other day, and I I fucking love it. Um, it was this Facebook reel having to do with. Um, if you're at a wedding and just like the context is, is if you're DJing at a wedding and the, the wedding, the, 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 the bride and groom are Star Wars fans. And so, you know, you have like this like traditional like hip hop song playing and everything. I don't even remember what it was, but then like the DJ like spins it up and he does the Star Wars, was it the Imperial March theme along with it? And he blended it perfectly. And then, you know, you just have you just have him like panning around, jamming to it and everything, because it was actually a very tasty beat. Mm. <laughs> and I'll have to find it. I'll have to find it and share it with you. You'll see what I mean. But I mean, I do get it. That there's sampling and there's stuff out there that as long as you're giving the, you know, if, as long as you're giving props to the original, you know, maker of of said music, by all means, you're getting your permissions and everything. But when you're doing something and it's so fucking close, if not identical, to something that's made before, and it's absolutely obvious, and you're claiming it as your own, and you're denying it, then you're stealing. 
that, that's just yeah, how I, I feel. I just feel that it's not fucking right. And we do. We are going to eventually come around back around to Bowie again because, you know, yeah, but we're, because we're, this we're is talking. the Bowie episode. We're, we're, you know, we're yeah. starting with Bowie at least. It doesn't yeah. all have well, to be Bowie, but no, we'll, we'll definitely talk more about Bowie. No, no, we're not by any means done with Bowie. No, we're just giving him a little break for a second because uh, you had to go and bring up Jimi Hendrix, and it just stemmed from there. Yeah. <laughs> but that's okay, actually. After, after we were talking about Bowie, did it go straight over to Jimmy or did it go to somebody else for a second? Is it my fault or is it your fault? Who should be accused here? I don't know. We'll have to look back. Can you yeah. bring up that real Jamie? Can you bring it back? <laughs> um, Anywho. But you know what? How about we go back to Bowie now? Mm, mm-hmm. um, in general, yeah. like, you know what? How about we even start with this? What is your first experience with David Bowie we might even have the same answer to that but what was your very first like introduction to like hey this is hey this is David Bowie mm-hmm. you know um my mom was always a huge fan of remember like BMG and Columbia House get 12 CDs or you know 20 tapes for a penny that kind of shit well before all of that they also had Columbia House with their record club and growing up, my mom had was a part of Columbia House. And I remember like the monthly, I still remember specific albums that she would get monthly and what they were. And one of them was David Bowie's Modern Love album. That's where I was introduced to David Bowie. And that album came out in what, 83? So I was all of five years old. And I just remember seeing his face on the cover and listening to Modern Love, listening to Let's Dance, listening to China Girl, and so loving you, all of it. You, you mean Let's Dance? Did I? What did I say? You said the Modern Love album. <laughs> I thought it was. I thought it was the mod. I thought that album well, was. Well, let, let's. Da- I thought Let's Dance was Let's Let's Dance because he's got the boxing gloves, right? Well, let's not let's box. <laughs> I'm just being an yeah. asshole. Yeah. I thought of, I thought for some I'm not well, a brain mo- fart. Modern Love is on it. I know yeah. that, but yeah, it's. I don't it's know why I was dance. thinking that the that the name of the album is Modern Love, huh? Jamie, good... you want to pull that up? <laughs> Tell you what, do you want but, me to look it yeah, up right now? Yeah, look but... it up right now. But either way, that was my introduction to him, um, and Mom played that album a lot. And so it, it really took nothing for me to, um, I, I just remember as a child just feeling cozy with his music, feeling cozy with, like, I felt, I felt comforted with his voice. I loved his voice even as a child. No, and it just stemmed from there. Then, let's, uh, wow, let's I stand corrected. <laughs> it's Let's Dance. Yep. I should have actually stuck with that to begin with and said the Let's Dance album because everybody would be like, oh yeah, we know what she's talking about. Modern Love, am I missing something? I don't, I never heard of a That's Modern okay. Love album. For the rec- but anywho. Yep, and for the record to say this, um, we are not musical historians, so Mm-mm. if there are any like diehard, like, start to finish like David Bowie connoisseurs you're not going to get the like oh I think his Berlin period was a huge turning point like we apologize you're not going to get that from us but you're going to to get some hopefully some entertaining banter about David Bowie entertaining banter and I mean like just like the you know surface level surface level Bowie 
let's let's just let's just take it easy and just like go with like what we know doesn't have to be anything you know like remember his live album back in 77 no i i don't know <laughs> i honestly honestly even like with, with i want to keep on calling it glass onion tour it's glass spider yeah glass onion was a Beatles song yep. and i want to keep on calling it that. <laughs> but i don't know anything about that tour I just know that it keeps on being brought up all the time. Yeah. But I really, well, despite being a very, very art, art uh, amorous of the music that I know of, that I've listened to of his stuff, I don't know every single last you know, minute and second of every single album. I don't own every single thing of his. No, I'd love to. <laughs> yeah. I but, I do yeah. know about the Glass Spider tour, and I do like that song. But okay. like, like it was just like it was so ridiculously like over the top. Like his entrance, they're lowering him down in a chair, and he's like talking on the phone. And there's like you know people walking around on crutches, looking all creepy. Mm-hmm. And like I think like Peter Frampton played for him cool. on guitar, like, and he like bursts through a hole, and he's like, "Hey, look at me, I'm Peter Frampton." And I guess, like, a lot of critics, like, criticize him of being, like, too, like, o- over the top and too much of a spectacle. And I think in response to that, that's when he started, like, Tin Machine. Mm-hmm. Like, as, like, some- doing something a little more strift bound- mm-hmm. down. But people also, I guess, credit him. Because, like, artists like Madonna and Lady Gaga, I mean, you know that their shows are this big, giant spectacle. Mm-hmm. So and they a lot were inspired of, by yeah, him, and perhaps. The, yeah, and, like, a lot of people say that, like, they were that like those artists were inspired by him because he was kind of one of the ones that did it first just mm-hmm. like this over the top hey look at look how much money i have you know basically mm-hmm. and again you know what stop it you oh, guys Sammy, calm down Winnie. no what was but, it but anyway it's like just going back to your original question of you know what was what was my introduction with him it would be the let's dance album and of course labyrinth um, those were my two introductions to him, and then it just went on from there. So that was mine. What about yours? Um, bringing up Labyrinth, we'll definitely talk about Labyrinth. We'll yeah. definitely because um, <laughs> honestly, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up. Can we look that up, Jamie? <laughs> it was either the Labyrinth mm-hmm. or it was the Snowman. You remember oh, that animated yeah. movie? Oh, yeah. And you know, super sad ending. And now that I'm older, here I am, fucking tearing up at the very end because the music's so fucking somber mm-hmm. but i didn't even find out until you and i watched that together again because you didn't grow up with with the mm-hmm. snowman mm-hmm. but like i didn't even realize it until i was an adult but the man introducing it at the beginning you know he p- opens the drawer you know and he pulls up the scarf and he was a real snowman it's like i'm sitting there like oh my god that was david bowie mm-hmm. so technically that that was my first I mean, I, again, I gotta look out which came out first, Labyrinth or The Snowman, I think. The Snowman, I think. It was the I think snow- The Snowman was like super early 80s and Labyrinth was 86, I think. Let me see. Can we look that up, Jamie? Yes. Which one are you looking up right now? I'm looking up The Snowman. Okay, then I'll look up Labyrinth and we'll meet in the middle. Labyrinth. Labyrinth. The Snow. 86. All right, so Snowman was 82. There you go. So that was my introduction to David Bowie. I feel like 82, I feel like that was um, like right around the tail end or somewhere around his Thin White Duke era, right? Because Thin White Duke was like late 70s, early 80s, and then he morphed over to 
uh, Let's Dance, where yeah. he was still, you know, platinum blonde at that point, but he was moving on to something, something else. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, that was and, my introduction yeah. to Bowie. Never even pieced it together that that guy was the Goblin King. <laughs> me neither. Well, me neither when it comes to, I I didn't realize for, for quite some time that the Let's Dance David Bowie album was Jareth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had a problem, but also, I mean, we were young, you know, so... And plus, he's also in makeup, and his eyebrows are up to here, and his hair is spiked out to there. And when you're a child, it's kind of hard to, like, you know, differentiate a person in their natural form, so to speak, versus all made up and in makeup and stuff. So. He really is iconic in that movie, isn't he? Fuck yeah, he is. <laughs> and those pants. Those pants. Yeah. They left nothing to the imagination, as and, it should be. <laughs> and, and I know I talked to you about this last night. I'll bring this up again. Mm-hmm. You know when you're young and you're, like, learning word association for the first time, like, you know, like going to Star Wars, mm-hmm. like Darth Vader. Like, Darth Vader's a bad guy. Like, Darth Vader was my first bad guy, like an association with a word Darth or a phrase. Darth scared the shit out of yeah. me as a kid. It's like, ooh, Luke Skywalker is a good guy. Darth Vader is a bad guy. Yeah. And like seeing Labyrinth, it's like, oh, Jareth is a rock star. The Goblin King is a rock star. You know, like I had that association. It can't even talk right now. Association. Mm-hmm. You're just really excited talking about yeah. Bowie. Because then I ended up seeing like a concert after, like concert footage after the movie. It's like, oh, that's that same guy. He mm-hmm. does that all the time, you know? And so that was definitely that for me. Um, yeah. What what else what else could you say about the Goblin King? I got a tattoo of him on my leg. Yes, you do. <laughs> um, um, you dressed up as him for Halloween one year. Yeah, and, and that was amazing. I don't think I had ever gotten so many likes from women on Facebook so quickly. <laughs> you don't say, gee, gosh, gee. I, I will say this: n- not I'm not naming any names in our friends, but I will say that all a, a lot of our friends in our circle who are women you know seem to glow a little bit when i was in front of them oh you had a missed call i was just whatever is that we glow it was just kind of like a hi how how are you pete you do it's like it's like yep like i'm i'm like your your childhood dream like (laughs) manifested Mm -hmm. i just needed Uh, to dress up as uh I, I, there is still a part of me that kind of wishes that I had dressed up as, as Sarah, like in her big ball gown and everything. Because that would have made us in, like an awesome couple. And we could have just like danced around. Da, 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 you're, da, uh, your Aladdin Zane costume, though, was pretty epic, though. <laughs> it was so, the chunkiest Aladdin no, Zane babe, ever did see. But you know what? I, I, I still had a fucking fun time you wearing had, it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, babe. It was, yeah, and yeah, to clarify, we both win as David Bowie that year. Different day. <laughs> that was great. Yeah. I, I kind of miss doing those Halloweens. Hello That's there. Fun. I'm 1976 David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny as hell last We'll, we'll bring that up. If, if you've never watched it, right now go to YouTube and look up Flight of the Concords, David Bowie. And if you love David Bowie, you'll laugh your ass off. Hello Ooh. there. I'm 1976 David Bowie. <laughs> You see him again. Hello there. I'm 1986 David Bowie from the mm-hmm. Labyrinth movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so good. So funny. Yeah. 
But something that I mentioned to you before, babe, like while we were watching Moon Age Daydream, um, and there were like brief little clips of like interviews and stuff with him in the past, um, what I mentioned to you about how I just love and appreciate like every time that man opened his mouth, there was always something uh, seemingly very intelligent that came out of it. He just always seemed to be so like, at least linguistically, at least with, with his grammar, so well put together. Now, everything that he said and formulated, everything just sounded so damn good. Yeah. Oh, he's very articulate. Yeah. And and I and I could I just feel like I could listen to him like if he ever I wonder if there's any audio books. I wonder if he ever did any audio books. He I know <sighs> he did Peter and the Wolf that narration for Disney. Have you ever watched like it's no. it's an audio recording. I don't. <laughs> Sammy just popped his head up and looked at me like when I went the. <gasps> When I do that, is here his ears just kind of pop out. Look at look, watch his face for a second when I do that. Watch his face. <gasps> <gasps> oh, Sammy! And then his ears just kind of fan out. <laughs> Everything's okay, Sammy Sam. It's okay. Mama's just being silly. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking at me like, oh, okay, all right, I'll just rest here and be all right. But yeah, audio books. Imagine if he ever, like, I would read all of Lord of the Rings through audiobook easily if he had ever. Let's find out right now. Can we look it up, Jamie? (laughs) Can we look it up? Because listening to him for hours on end, just just listening to his voice, telling telling me bedtime stories (laughs) and stuff, I'd be okay with that. (laughs) Moment of silence. So I'm not seeing. Yet, I mean, this might take a little bit more of a deep dive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not finding audiobooks spoken by David Bowie. I'm finding mm-hmm. audiobooks about David Bowie. Yeah. But I did find, having said that, I did find what looks like to be a children's book about David Bowie. Hmm. Yeah, because you mentioned uh, Peter and the Wolf. No, well, uh, Pequeño oh. and Grande. Oh. But look at that little cartoon. That's cute. Yeah. Buy it for me. With a bag, with a bag for me with your bags of money. Yeah. That's all I am to you, isn't it? Just a big old bag of cash, aren't I? You're a tree with, with bills dangling off of it. That's all you do is take, 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 take. I'm oh. just a bill. <laughs> uh. Right. And back in the uh, day, it would be sitting on Buckley Hill, uh, <laughs> but no more. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, anywho, all right, back to back to Sirius Town um, with Bowie. My my thoughts on the movie, please. I um, guess I could understand where people may have been like, "Oh, it's so hodgepodge," you know. I think he he if he saw it, I think he would have loved it. Mm-hmm. Like. And honestly, the, the and there's a there's an interview in that movie where he talks about being able to explore creativity and not necessarily worried being worried about whether or not it's going to be a success. And I got that from the movie itself. That it's like, hey, we're gonna do it this way, and we are really not concerned if we're going to win any awards with this. Like, yeah. it's just, let's do something that we think that Bowie would have loved, and I think he would have loved it. 
And, you know, he himself, not everything that he did was a complete success, but that's kind of what made him so awesome is that he was always willing to try new things and work Mm -hmm. with new people. And me also as a musician, I mean, that's a way that I would like to try and always think that it's like, it's not about being a star. It's just about, it's like, you know, self-expression. Yeah. Like you you got, you, in the end of the day, you really got to do it for you. Um, honestly, I think your music will be better if you remove that whole, you know, music shouldn't be, oh, I need to escape my mundane life and make tons of money. It's like, if you do the music for the sake of doing the music itself, you you know, then your music will sound better for it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And he, I feel like he always did that. Like, if ever, like, he ever felt like he was getting uninspired with something, like, he would be the first one to pull the plug and say, I gotta do something new. Mm -hmm. And I think that's definitely happened, you know, I mean, even with, like, you know, he needed to do something new with, and then he, you know, the whole Berlin thing. Can you refresh my memory as to, like, the whole, was the whole Berlin thing, um, with Iggy Pop? Was that? Like, and again, don't quote me on it, I would need the info from, can we look it up, Jamie? But I mean, Mm -hmm. I know... I'm sure people are going to be pissed off at me, me if I get my shit wrong. Mm. But, because I want to say that was around... <laughs> oh, it's just one of those days. It's because <laughs> I cracked the windows open because yep. we want fresh air. But by cracking the windows open, they're going to hear even more out there. <laughs> so they're going to be even more barky than usual. Oh. Calm down. It's, it's, it's just a car. See, it's okay. It's, Okay. It's it's just the neighbor. It's okay. You're okay. Oh, Sammy. Sammy Sam. Calm down. Okay. So, anyhow. <clears throat> I want to say, like, like Bowie needed to get clean. Iggy Pop needed to get clean, too. And then they got out of there and they moved to Paris. And then it was around that time... Like, him venturing into something new, like, helped him with his sobriety, I want to say. And again, I'm, I am I would need to have it in front of me. Like, don't, don't quote me on all of it, but I, want, I know it all happened around the same time. So, did they go to Berlin first, and then they went to Paris? No, it's, you know what? Versa. All right. We need to know. We, all right, let's bring it up. This one down. We're going to look it up. Come on, Jamie. Can we look it up, Jamie? Can look we look it up, it up? Jamie. Let me see. Care to share a little anecdote while I'm looking this up? Or a little, um, little fun with Sammy Sam because he's pattering around on the floor. Yeah, well, Sammy Sam's just being Sammy Sam. Just being a smushy boggle. Have we ever mentioned that before to our listeners? That we believe that Sammy is a, is a boggle, a, a beagle, and a boxer mix? Like looking at his eyes and looking at, like, he, he has a shorter snout, but not as short as a boxer. But it's not as long as a beagle's either. But definitely, he's got he's got boxer eyes, like these big sad eyes, and means that he gets away with anything and everything. He gets spoiled. Hey, Sammy Sam. So it's gonna be fun when they go outside later and just play in the sunshine and just you know you can go outside and toast your wiener. Yes, you can. And just roll around in the grass. Right. Plus, also, he's got more of the jowls of a boxer versus a beagle. Beagles don't have, like, the jowl ball, just like beagles do. Right. 
Did you find what you're looking for? All right, so I'm not getting a clear answer on on Paris, and I don't want to take too much of a time with it, but sure. I've got when did, Ig, when did Bowie and Iggy go to Berlin? Mm -hmm. 1976. It is perhaps this that attracted two of Berlin's most famed temporary residents, David Bowie and Iggy Pop, who decided to travel to the heroin capital of the world oh. in late 1976 in an effort to get clean hmm. and reinvent themselves in the process. Interesting. So... So I think that's what it was again, like him getting clean and then an opportunity to try something new. They went to the heroin capital of the world to get clean. Yeah. How does that? How, well, I guess I'm we not could saying say, that he did heroin, but to like go to a place where there's definitely a lot of drugs going on. Then, if I were to go. make an assumption, again, I closed it, but yeah. Maybe that's something you could look up later. But if I were to make an assumption, if a lot of people are having drugs, problem with problems with drugs, you could also argue that there are more services, like more clinics, more places to get clean. Fair so, enough. Okay. So, but again, I, I closed it out. But yeah. I could definitely relate to that. I mean, I mean, I never I, heard anything about doing your own, but I can't. No. I can't cancel that out. But at the same I, I don't think you did. But yeah. again, a place to go where there. Or supports, certain, yeah. I guess. Okay. Um, but I can definitely relate to exploring music as a way to like help step away from that. And again, like all the the shit that I went through in episode two that we talked about. If yeah. you want to listen to episode two, go and listen to it right now. Mm -hmm. Again, and it was just like as soon as like three months after all that, it's like I need to start a band. Like I I need to start like practicing nonstop and doing tunes and yeah. and that that's what I needed to do with the time and. That, that was a huge help for me at, at that time, like mental health and just doing a new activity to... I mean, if you want to talk about stuff like that when it comes to like immersing yourself, like basically pouring yourself into something to, uh, like my, to divert your mind from whatever could be like eating at you at the moment, I can relate to that to a degree also. Um, like going way back to, what was it, episode one, when you know we talked about religion and all that stuff and yep. i was telling you about like how i was disfellowshipped not once but twice from being a Jehovah's witness yeah um the first time that i was disfellowshipped from that religion i was out for like somewhere between like six and nine months at the most and it was during that time that i was out that it was some sort of like it was like a healthy reinvention of myself I worked crazy hours. I also went to the gym five, six days a week. I just kept myself super busy with myself and work. I made money and I got myself super healthy. And um, probably between work and gym, I was easily going at like, you know, 70, 80 hours a week between the two just staying keeping myself busy and even like Saturday mornings I'd go to the gym they had even like a little child care spot in there people could bring their kids in and they could have somebody like me just basically babysit their kids while they worked out and by me doing that I wasn't paid to do the daycare services I ended up getting a free membership at the gym for doing that which nice. is, that was that was definitely a benefit so um, but yeah, either way, I just poured myself into doing a bunch of stuff. I ended up losing, I think at that point, whatever I weighed beforehand at that point, I easily lost like 60 pounds, if not more. 
by doing what I did. I was jogging, I would practice doing a little bit of running and then jogging and then walking. I was doing a, just shitloads of cardio. And if there were any eating choices that I could have done better at that point, I remember I subsisted a lot off of blueberry bagels, yogurt, a lot of water. I didn't really drink. I never really had been a huge drinker. No, but um, yeah, I could have eaten better. I was barely eating. Yeah. I was working a lot, but also I was younger. And it's like when any of us are younger, if you're like 19, 20, you know, it, you could you could live off of like freaking like chips and carbs and bagels and shit and still be the picture of health. <laughs> no. But, yeah, that's my story, at least, like, when it comes to uh, staying busy. And now, it's like, wow, that feels like a million years ago. And those 60 pounds definitely came back. <laughs> and then some. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean, back, back in college, I, I think I weighed, like, a buck 90, if you could believe that. I was under 200 pounds in college. At my lowest, when I had lost all that weight from the gym and being all healthy and shit... And running and, and all that, I was finally a single digit. The lowest number I've ever, the lowest, not, I won't, I won't divulge my weight, but I definitely got myself down to a size eight. Albeit briefly, but I definitely was a size eight. And then when I came back into the religion, it crept up a little bit, but I at least maintained around a 10. And then by the time I went to Florida, it started to creep, creep upwards. I've always found that with like me being in any kind of relationships, relationships, I always gain weight in. Well, because we're having fun and we're we're going out. But what if in theory we got a divorce and during oh, that time, Jesus, babe. what if during that time that we're divorced, I lose weight and get healthy and then we remarry? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's no? Okay. up. We're getting a divorce as a way to spice up our marriage. It's like, what? Getting a divorce to get healthy. Hey, in order to keep things interesting, we can always, you know, get divorced, see other people, and then get back together. I think that's get divorced and get right back together. No, no. No. It would be get divorced and not see other people. It would just be like get divorced and self-care. No. I mean, we don't even have to like, we don't even have, you don't have to move out or anything like that. We just, we just actually go through the motions of getting divorced and then we just like, you know, you, you go off and, you know, do whatever, you know, play in a band or whatever, or whatever you choose to do. Me, I'll just be like, well, I'm just going to work, 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 go to the gym and work out and just like suddenly like lose all of this crazy amounts of weight. And then you'll be like, hey there, baby. No, here's the thing too is if we if we did ever get a divorce, would we have to make it official and unfriend each other on Facebook? <laughs> Ooh, not unfriend, just maybe unfollow for maybe a little unf- while. Take a, take a break Cause it, and cause unfollow. Because it's not it's not official if it's not your, on your your status. Yeah, no. And then we put our statuses as it's complicated. It's complicated. <laughs> really make people wonder everybody is suddenly gonna be like um pete you all right christina i haven't heard from you in a little while are you okay and it's like can i i'm here for you if you need anything yeah no it's okay we're all good we're just using divorce as a catalyst for our weight loss journey (laughs) 
you said, just to spice things up. <laughs> oh, this is so dark. We can mm-hmm. let's go back to Bowie. <laughs> let's go back to. Oh, <laughs> uh, Bowie. Um, but Bowie makes me happy. But you know what? I'll always remember is let's get. I mean, let's get sad for a second here. Um, the day that he died. I remember it was a work day. I think it was a Tuesday. I think because it was the it was January tenth, twenty sixteen, and I think that that was a Tuesday. And um, I got text messages from coworkers, and um, that I think before I even got out of bed, my phone's right there by my bedside, and you know, I'm just look at look at my phone, and I see the news on there, and I'm and I just remember before I even got out of bed, I bawled my eyes out. Uh, yeah, that was a huge bummer. I remember you you sent me that text too, and I opened it before I was about to go in to to work, and it's yeah. like, oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, um, it was. I you know, it, it was it was honestly it was tough to work that day. It was tough for me to like wrap my mind around the idea of you know now now we live in a world where where Bowie's not alive in it, you yeah. know, and so it's crazy for it. it, it people probably think that I sound like a crazy person when I say, well, you know what, that just means that Bowie is off in another, he's he's off on another planet, um, he's off in another galaxy somewhere, he's somewhere else entertaining the masses, it's their turn to en- enjoy him, no. Anyways, I don't oh. think it's too crazy to think of it that way when, you know, we think that when there's people that believe in Christianity uh, Buddhism, Hinduism, there's all of these religions out there that, you know, believe in some kind of life after death or what happens to people when they die or where do they go and all that stuff. I don't think it's that crazy to at least have some kind of a hope or a dream or just at least use my imagination and just kind of like wistfully wish that he is like basically like that his soul or his spirit, his spirit survives and that it's just whisked away somewhere. And he's performing and playing Space Odyssey for some aliens on some other planet. Is that so wrong? Is that so crazy? No. No? Not at all. In fact, he would probably enjoy that too. Yeah. And Maybe I will that's say... That's where he belongs. And I will say this, because I know what we mentioned, like he has done a lot of things with class... And he even died of cancer with class. It's yeah. like what? It's like okay, I'm dying. What am I gonna do? I'm gonna put out one more album, and he did it. And that is a good record. Um, he released it on his birthday, and then died two days later. Yep, just long enough to hear the reviews, and everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. And like, even if you don't like Bowie, that jazz band that he has backing him up. I mean. Like the, the drum work on that album is fantastic. That that drummer, um, the the band backing him, and like all those guys are super talented and and they're they're cool songs. You know, they definitely are. And it's kind of cool to hear somebody because I mean he again he's always done it for himself. But you know, I mean, the fact that he was dying, it's like okay, now he really doesn't have anything to lose. So it's mm-hmm. just like. You know, like the song Black Star, you know, it's mm-hmm. got this weird group, in the villa of all men. It's like, 
what? Yeah. <laughs> and, but then all of a sudden it turns into 80s Bowie. Yeah. Something happened on the day he died. And then it turns into mm-hmm. 70s Bowie. I can show you how. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, it's great. We it's, got our chameleon awesome. back. Yeah. He went all over the place. He went all over the decades just inside of one song. Yep. And he... Which is awesome. It, and even that short amount of time, like, again, releasing two mu- music videos for it. Mm-hmm. Like, he dropped so many hints that he was dying, even though, like, he kept it pretty hidden. In fact, I don't... Yeah, it didn't even come out that he was sick until he actually did die. Yeah. But, I mean, like, even in the video, he's got, like, the buttons on his eyes, and it's kind of like... Is that supposed to be reminiscent of like, or like representing like, oh, pen, like, like pen, pennies? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and just like little things like that, even in the music, you know, you know, like the references to death, you know, um, and the last song too, you know, I can't give everything away, you know, mm-hmm. kind of basically saying I can't get, tell you everything that's going on right now. And it's like, I, I think that that's fantastic. Yeah. And yeah, and I like that title too. I can't give everything away. And even like what somebody discovered like about the vinyl, because you know that like if you take the vinyl and like you put it out in the sunlight, the star turns into like all like astral, like outer spacey and stars and stuff like that. Like the the cover changes in in sunlight on the vinyl. Well, I wouldn't know that because I don't have it. Well, not yet. We'll. We'll get the vinyl eventually, but like, <laughs> hint, hint. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, definitely a cool record. Yeah. If you've never heard Black Star, I definitely recommend it. Yeah, it's, it actually like aside from wanting to like listen to it again from beginning to end, it it definitely makes me want to go and like you said, you know, just like do like a deep dive and you know take a take a really good listen at some of his other stuff that might be as might be a little more obscure. Now we all. Loosely speaking, we all know uh, Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane, we all know Let's Dance, we all, you know, I'm Afraid of Americans, but what about all of the other stuff that's on those albums that could be some uh, juicy, tasty tidbits of of songs on there? It will definitely, you know, and I definitely think we should explore that and go on a little little Bowie journey. Yeah, I'd be down with that. Yep. Now we should also talk about too, since we're on the subject of Bowie, mm-hmm. let's talk about uh, Sue George. Yeah. That guy. Uh, so to clarify, um, I highly recommend the movie Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, which we finally watched together a few years ago. I really enjoyed that. that that's a really good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, uh, an actor in the movie. Uh, Sue George, and all he does is do David Bowie songs on acoustic guitar in Portuguese, and it sounds great. And you and I had the opportunity to go and see Sue George perform Bowie songs mm-hmm. live, mm-hmm. and th- th- that was fun. But also, so like before that, you and I had gone on vacation, and your and somebody backed into your car. That was and, Myrtle Beach. Yes. Yeah, when we went yep. to Myrtle Beach for the for the for the eclipse. Yeah. The solar eclipse. And on the way down at the fucking Waffle House, when you have <laughs> It's you always have, the Waffle House. Yep. You have somebody in a Mercedes SUV, so you know they have one of those reverse screens. Alright? So they have the reverse screen, little T V screen in their car, and what do they do? They still fucking backed right into my driver's side door. Like how stupid can you be? 
I'm not sorry for saying that. They're fucking stupid. No. Like all those years of experience driving and everything. But anywho, um, yep. that happened. We still went to Myrtle Beach. I was still the door was still usable, but I could barely even like get the win get the window down and had to get the door replaced. So the door gets replaced and then um, no sooner was that all fixed than what like I think all of like three days went by at the most that I had my car back fixed, beautiful, ready to go. We're on our way to New Haven to uh, to go to the Sue George concert and we're in a bunch of traffic and there's a car right behind me and they rear-ended us. Yep. Now I needed a new bumper. And here we are like it. <laughs> yep. And here we are. <laughs> yep. And here we are like in traffic because traffic's all backed up and we get out mm-hmm. and it was, oh, I'm so sorry. I've just got so much stuff on my mind. Then don't my... fucking drive. Yeah. If you've got a lot of stuff on your mind, what the fuck are you doing? Don't be driving. Have somebody else drive for you if you can't handle it. And, <gasps> and then we got to the venue and we got into the parking lot. And as soon as we're out, we're getting ready to go. A car accident happens in front of us, yeah. like because there's the car in in front, and then this car behind it just totally smashes into this other car's bumper, like right in front of us, like in as we're getting out of the car. Yeah. It's like holy shit, what is going on today? Um, that was that was kind of almost like unsettling when there's suddenly too many car accidents that are happening, like both like whether they affect you directly or whether they're happening around you and they happen in short succession of each other. It's like, uh, are there some like powers that be out there that are saying you should be damn fucking lucky that, you know, you've walked away from all of these unscathed yep. and that you've just gotten dinged up and you've just seen somebody else's car get dinged up, but nobody's been hurt. It's like, or is it just coincidence? Yeah. You know, we don't have to read into every single thing that yep. that happens out there. But let's face it, some things there seems to be some, some, you know, a little ironic. Now. Yeah. But. Yeah, but the concert itself was amazing. The concert and, was amazing. And when he did space audit oddity, um, there wasn't a dry eye in the house. No, I yeah, I definitely sat there and I I needed tissue so bad. That was, yeah, that because I still to this day view that concert experience as being like the closest that I'll ever get to experiencing Bowie live. And, and that's still one of, that is one of my greatest regrets is I never had the chance to see him in concert. And that wasn't too long after he died too, because you said that was coming back from Myrtle Beach. And that was 2017. Yeah. So okay, it was, so it was about like a, a year after he, he died, mm-hmm. or no, give, give or take. A year, it was a year and a half. Yeah. It was a year and a half after after he died because Myrtle Beach was August of 2017. Azores was August of 2018. Yeah. You know, it was back in the day when we were taking vacations. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we will again. We will remember, again. Remember when we used to take vacations? <laughs> We, no, we we literally did just go on a vacation. It just sucked because we got it COVID while us. we were on vacation. <laughs> did we did we happen to talk th- about that on any prior episodes? We we've touched on it. Yeah. I mean, I, we definitely have like talked to, talked about it. Yeah. And yeah, just COVID sucks. <laughs> yeah. But what, yeah. you know, but what a time to fucking get it. 
our 10-year wedding anniversary. We have everything all lined up to go to Virginia Beach and take a vacation. Woo! And we go down there, and you don't, suddenly don't feel so good. Like, within a day after yeah. we got there, you didn't feel so good. It definitely felt like, you know, my head was in the cloud. Every yeah. bone in my body hurt. And I remember, like, I remember us taking like all of the COVID tests with with yeah. us and everything. And I'm glad that we did. And then I remember the next morning you had taken you had taken a test, and sure enough, you're positive. Yeah. With not even within 24 hours, I wasn't feeling good yeah. either. Even like like yeah. walking Excuse like like walking like I could barely walk to the beach. Like yeah. I was winded, and honestly, like I think we may have accidentally given covid to everybody else too no you don't think no, so no okay. no i don't think so because i think we did our damnedest at keeping our respective distance yeah okay yeah from true, true everybody enough. around there plus also the time of year that we went we went pretty much towards like the off season of going there so we weren't surround we went where we went to virginia beach in october so kids are in school um the like the hot season the summer season of virginia beach was over the beach was empty everywhere yeah. we went it was empty it was yeah so i i yeah i'm not i my conscience my conscience is clear on that one no when we were initially like for the first initial days that we were sick we stayed put in that hotel room and we just got room service all the time no room service and that going down that hallway and going to that soda machine I never drank so much sweet tea in my life but it was like the, one of the only <coughs> it was one of the only things that just tasted so damn good yeah remember that sweet tea Winnie. But, anyhow, but anywho I'm sure that people don't really want to hear about COVID because I don't know about you but I'm over it yeah so. <laughs> It's, it's just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. I mean, I will I will say this about COVID. It's kind of funny how... Winnie. Winniper. I hey. mean, I'm not trying to say that, you know, oh, COVID, COVID didn't exist. No, COVID definitely does exist. It definitely of, of is a thing. Of course it does. Yeah. No, but, you know, people can't... And yes, people died, died from it. Yes, I understand all of that. No, but... People also die from other things all the time. Pete, there are people out there that die from a standard flu. No? Remember that whole thing called the Spanish flu of 1918? It's nobody, it happened. Yeah. No, nobody gives a shit about it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of now, it's kind of become an, it kind of seems like it's become an inconvenience and nobody, like, you could it. go you could go on social media or anything like that and so many people arguing about whether or not you should be wearing a mask if mm -hmm. the vaccines work and it was just it was I felt like it was all anybody ever talked about now it's like no nobody yeah, no, nobody, nobody gives cares. a shit about it anymore <laughs> and you could you could say oh it's because of the vaccines oh no it's not because of this it's herd immunity and no it's not really you know what Bottom line is, it's like now it's here we are again, and we're not required to wear masks. We can go out again and all that, and it's like you know, hey, yeah. then, then that's fine. Um, Actually, I thought I heard too just recently from somewhere that like for people that work in healthcare in the state of Massachusetts, 
I think that they're finally like lifting a bunch of like masking laws, especially when it comes to like patients and stuff like that yeah. in, in medical practices. And that's a big deal. So, you know, it's taken, it's taken all of these years now to finally get to that point. Yeah. But that's awesome. I mean, you, know? you can yeah, finally well, see a patient's face yeah. without being covered in a stupid mask. Yeah. Cause I mean, when, when I started at the job I'm at now, I mean, there were people that I was working with. I didn't even actually really get a chance to see their faces mm-hmm. for like a whole year. <clears throat> and then we finally get to see, see each other, our faces. And it's like, it's hey, like, that's what ew, you look like. Ew, <laughs> put your mask back on. No, I'm kidding. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then before that, I mean, one of the jobs I was working, uh, I had to get tested every week. Like, and I would have to drive all the way to Worcester just to do a test. Yeah. And then drive all the way back. And then when I got those results, then I used that and I could use that to scan in to work, you That's know. That's obnoxious. Yeah. Was that when you were up and working up in Worcester? Or was yeah. that. Okay. Yeah. That, like, on those Saturdays? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And. That, that's also the job where I was required to get vaccinated. Basically, it's like if you're not vaccinated by the state, your your services will be terminated, which is funny because I ended up leaving before that mm-hmm. happened, but I still ended up getting vaccinated anyways. And you still ended up getting COVID anyways. Yeah. Go figure. And honestly, like, I don't think you and I, we were literally in the exact same boat, like nothing. We were both sick the exact amount of sickness. And And I will say this for our listeners, I never got vaccinated. I never got, so you got vaccinated, I did not get vaccinated, you got sick first, I got sick afterwards, and we both had the same level, um, same severity of sickness. So... Uh, I and, mean, I'm shrugging over here, you know, what does that, yeah. what does that tell you? And no. I, I will say this, it's like, yes, we are just two people and it has affected everybody very differently. Mm-hmm. So we're just giving you our experiences with COVID. Yeah, and, and from, there's plenty of people out there yeah. that have had very much like heavy duty, shittier experiences. Yeah. Like you know. th- there was somebody I used to work with, um, they got up to be, you know, and it was, again, it was during the pandemic. He said, oh, my son, he got COVID. It's like, oh, okay, how, how's he doing? Is he chilling at home? He's in a hospital fighting for his life. And it's mm-hmm. like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, like, again, but we're just they, telling you our, our own experiences with it. But That's did all. those people have pre-existing conditions that would yes. make it yeah. worse, make it a worse experience for them? Yes. Now, we don't have pre-existing conditions. Yeah. And so it, it was for us, it was on a milder scale. No, we're not, you know, at the retirement age, you, I, you know, you heard the stories of like, this was affecting, uh, in a more severe way, the elderly, you know, retired and beyond age or young children may affect them severely, but it seemed to be more of like, a affecting older people or people with like preexisting, like health conditions, autoimmune conditions, anything like that. Whereas you and I. We just like a good meal, and we we live and we work, and we're you know, not old farts, and and we got sick. It was like it was like a bad case of the flu, like like a like the worst part of it. You know how you have like a twenty four hour flu? Not I. We never vomited. We were never nauseous, right? No. Yeah. No, we we, we never vomited we, or anything like yeah, that. We definitely. It was just, Fever, yeah. Fever and complete lack of like 
I had no appetite for like a good like two, three days. I feel like there was like a good day and a half, maybe two days, where I barely ate a thing. And I remember I did lose, and I was happy about it. <laughs> I lost like seven pounds <laughs> while I was sick. My, and I was like, yay, and then gained it all back anyways. But that's just from like not eating. My but. my tinnitus was definitely the worst Ugh. I think it ever was when I had COVID. Like I literally felt like I was sitting next to like an old TV with no channel. Just <laughs> like... My, like my, like it was like so loud like I couldn't even fall asleep. Yeah. Yeah. I just remember like the fever just didn't seem to want to quite go away for a good couple of days. It was like two three days, fever and the body aches sucked yeah. ass. No, that like we're we're in that nice big squishy king size hotel bed and everything, and we were just bedridden all weekend. I could not get comfortable in that damn thing because every part of me ached. No, my my lower back especially, but I would I remember I would just kind of I remember I was moaning and groaning, literally verbally. I could not get comfortable, and honestly, the jacuzzi was a huge help. Remember how I ended up? You ended up drawing the jacuzzi for me, yeah. And that was a that was a huge help. Just having that thing run on me for a bit definitely yeah. relax the muscles. So anybody that gets COVID, you know, jump into a jacuzzi. Maybe that'll help you. <laughs> Jacuzzi and room service cheeseburgers, which we totally, that was good. Smash smash burgers? Yes. That's what they were. Oh, they were so good. I would go back there just for the burgers. Um, Yeah, the burgers and drinking lots and lots of sweet tea. Uh, We at least, like, we were good with with, like, staying hydrated. I'll definitely give it that. We just drank, like, copious amounts of liquids, and that was good. Yep. Didn't, didn't really care about like an appetite or eating or anything but when once we finally did start incorporating food those burgers were where it was at that's so good can you pause it for a second coffee's going right through i sure can all right we'll be right back all right and we are back and speaking of coffee we mm-hmm. need to give a shout out a friend of ours since she actually gave us something and mentioned our podcast, we're going to give her a shout out to Foley because she gave us a cup mm-hmm. and it is in the photo for this week. Yeah, I absolutely love it. Thank you so much, Foley. That was very unexpected. Get this in the mail this past week. I've already been using it and uh, brought it to work and end animal testing from the Beagle Freedom Project. Because she knows how much we love beagles, because she loves beagles too. Yep. And uh, I really look forward to meeting Murphy. Yes. That's going to be a, is, well, we're going to have a beagle festival. Well, we've met Murphy. We have? Yeah. Why Why am I not remembering that? Do you remember, it was, it was Teddy's last, like, outing, when we, and we went, and we hung out with everybody, and there was, like, yes, the food truck. Yes, okay. Sorry so, about that, Foley. So okay. So, we've, we've definitely met Murphy, but... It's been a couple of years, Winnie, so... Winnie and Sammy have never met Murphy. Well, that's going to be a whole new experience, fact, then. Yep, and in fact, Foley has never met Winnie and Sammy, so that will be... That'll be That will amazing. be a good experience. Yes. Um, but, yes, thank you, Foley, giving a shout-out, mm. and... Now you have to come over. Yeah, no pressure, but yeah. you'd better come over here. You're you're being you're being called out on a podcast. <laughs> hey. um, We're, I'm gonna have to tag her in this yeah. now too. 
why not? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, David Bowie. Yes. Um, one thing that does come to mind, there is always a joke that you and I have shared. Do we want to talk about David Bowie doesn't count? We sure can. <laughs> David Bowie doesn't count. Mm-hmm. So we have a theory that you could apply any sort of situation or event or social thing that happens. Mm-hmm. And if you bring up, well, what about David Bowie? David Bowie doesn't count. Oh. Perfect example. Um, joking about, again, like the the stereotype of like a rock star, you know, not always acting appropriately with like underage people, if you will. And then somebody said, well, what if David Bowie ever did it? Something like that. And then our joke is... David Bowie doesn't count. David Bowie doesn't count. He doesn't. Oh. And I know I've told you jokes about this, but it's like, you know, I... I I'm not bisexual or anything like that or have any inclination like that. But if David Bowie invited me, I would just for the story. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, oh, Pete, that means you're bisexual. It's like, no, it was David Bowie. You want to know why? Because David Bowie doesn't count. Exactly. (laughs) I'm going to say something strictly for comedy's sake. If you want me to edit this out later, we can edit this out later. Mm Mm-hmm. But if there was ever a person or like a celebrity that we could, for, not that he ever did, but if he ever did, if there was ever a celebrity that we could forgive for wearing blackface besides Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Because <laughs> David Bowie doesn't count. David Bowie doesn't count. <laughs> and no, we don't advocate for blackface. Do not wear blackface. And I'm having said that I am happy that Robert Downey Jr. got away with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but again, in the context of, of the movie, and again coming back to <laughs> art, and what makes it funny is because it's wrong. It's like it, it's a it's a wrong thing to do, and the actor Lazarus is clueless to it, and that's what makes it funny. It's not funny because oh, because you know that, and coming back to. Last week's podcast, if you're going to do something, make sure you do as much research as you can on it. So if you're ever going to go down that route, please look up the history of blackface and all the, the yeah. history that goes with it. Yeah. Definitely. All right. But there you go. I'm glad I got a chuckle out of you. Cause... Uh, yeah, that was that was good. But yeah. But actually, now you have me thinking about like Bowie's whole stint when it came to uh, like clown costumes and stuff, you know, like with the clown makeup and everything. The the reason why is you had mentioned how there had been like some kind of brief like thought about him playing the Joker for Batman. I yeah I think because I read that they originally before the Tim Burton movie they were going to do like a campy movie with like um, Bill Murray as Batman, and I think even like Eddie Murphy was supposed to play Robin. Yeah. And. Like, I guess there were rumors that Bowie was going to play the Joker for that, and it just never happened. That would have been interesting. That would have put a whole new spin on how I feel about Heath Ledger's Joker. (laughs) See, uh, if I were to say that uh, a a gangbanger or a truck of soldiers would blow up, (laughs) nobody panics. Because it's all part of the plan. But if I were to mention one little old mare will die, well, everybody loses their minds. <laughs> so 
Sorry, we've we, we've we've yeah. seen the Dark Knight way too many times. Yeah, and he knows exactly how to yeah. get me all riled up because yeah. I absolutely love Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, absolutely love him. It's, yeah. it's a weak spot. I have a thing. What can I say? Actually, like all of the Jokers, I love all of them. And let can we talk about Batman for a second? Yeah, let's let's talk about, let's talk actually, about Batman. A little more specifically, let's talk about the Joker for a second. So. I actually started getting getting interested in the Joker character back in uh, the late '80s. Um, my dad at that time had he was doing like like he would he would clean out like estates. He would clean out like people's houses, basically like remove whatever they wanted to get rid of. And amongst he would get all kinds of crazy shit. And if it was in good shape, he'd bring it home. And amongst those things, books and Remember how like there would be books and there would be an, like a cassette on the inside so you could like play the cassette and then like read along to the book at the same time? I ended up getting one of those, a Batman, and it, I don't even remember like what the story or context was, if it was part of a series, I don't know. But the one book that I had had the cassette along with it and that was my introduction to the Joker. And it was like that animated, he, you know, with like the big crazy smile joker mm -hmm. of like the 80s. And this was right before the Jack Nicholson, Tim Burton, Michael Keaton Batman came yep. out. So I was already introduced to Batman at that point. And so when that movie, 19, when the 1989 Batman came out, I was so excited for it. Well, guess what? Mom didn't let me watch that for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> So I had to sit tight on that until she finally, yeah. like, let me watch it. Maybe I just needed to grow up a little bit more. I don't know exactly why. I don't know what her reasoning was. Um, but, yeah, I was super happy when 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 they put it on the big screen with humans. Yeah. That was awesome. I was definitely not allowed to see that movie at first, too. Like, it, it took a little bit. Like, I didn't get to see it in theaters, but same thing. Yeah. And then, of course, like, being younger, like, now, after I had seen it, now I know why. It's like, okay. Because, you know, first seeing it, you can call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm, and it's like, you know, it's, oh, it's the Joker being the Joker. And then when he just starts just shooting Jack Palance, and then it's like, ooh, that, that's mean. You can't kill people. And, yeah. But again, murder has always been been associated with the Joker. Well, even, even as a child, here's my thing about the Joker character. As a child... Um, I loved the color red and I loved the color purple and uh, the Joker character well originally was dressed in a purple suit <laughs> I actually as a child loved the Joker um, character just because of his representation like or not represent his presentation how he was dressed just how wild he looked you know how you have people out there that have a fear of clowns I am not one of those people. I absolutely fucking love clowns. I am fascinated by them. I'm fascinated with the makeup. I'm fascinated with all of that, with whatever they're wearing. I absolutely, I have a huge, I have a huge thing for them. You know, it's, and it's just, it's just a childish fascination that I have for them. That's all it boils down to. So now you have the Joker and it's just like that facade of like, you know, having some kind of makeup on their face. And so every Joker that's, you know, come along the way, whether it's Jack or whether it's Heath, even Joaquin Phoenix, no, it's like, just like, I just absolutely, I'm fascinated with the character. 
I, I, it's not like I condone their violence or anything like that. I'm fascinated just like with the psychological character themselves and just how they present themselves. Their you, costumes are amazing. What, what you're talking about right now, I have two things to say. Okay. Now, first, I was laughing a little bit to myself because you mentioned. Because you want to mock me? No. Because I'm, I'm teasing. You, men you mentioned. <laughs> You mentioned like the fact that he wears purple. Yeah. And can we talk about Prince for a moment? Please. I do. love that <laughs> Prince songs are in the Batman movie. Mm -hmm. Um and on the soundtrack. I love I can't remember if it was Party Man or if it was Trust. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Trust what do you and you well, know the big that, that was the one that played when he was doing the parade. Yeah. yeah. But it it was one of those songs, but like you you listen to it. You know, you listen to the song, one of the songs themselves, I can't remember which one it is, but he sampled, like, in the middle of one of the songs, Kim Basinger, or I Bassinger, love her, oh, I love purple. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually, I was thinking it's like, of that when I was saying about my favorite colors. And of course, like, Prince wears purple, so it's like, mm -hmm. it's like, of course you did. Of course yeah. you sampled, I love purple. Mm -hmm. um, the How other thing. I do not love purple? That nice grapey purple, it's amazing. It's the color of the royals. Yeah. But anyways. The the other thing you mentioning like as far as your fascination with clowns. Mm. Now uh, so to let everybody at home know, last night I was talking to Christina that she, Christina has never seen the movie Pee-wee's Big Adventure. I grew up on the movie. I love that movie. I haven't seen it in forever. But you talking about now your fascination with clowns. Now we have to watch that movie together. Because yeah. if... Alright, picture this. Clowns. Scary clowns. Scary clown doctors in a bad dream. There you go. But is there a clown outlet? <laughs> I'm the original clown outlet. Uh, <laughs> If, if you if you know you know. <laughs> we'll save that uh, yeah, for we'll save that time. For, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I've just I think it just comes down to Pee Wee. I've just never been a Pee Wee fan. Even like back when he was doing like Pee Wee's Playhouse, was it on Saturday morning cartoons? And his my younger sisters they would maybe watch some of it. But I've just I always found his I just always found it so annoying. Like. Fingernails on a chalkboard. Ugh. I I just loved it because again it's so it was so over the top and so outrageous yeah. and Lawrence Fishburne, <laughs> Cowboy Curtis, yeah. and one thing I didn't know did you know that Cindy Lauper sang his theme song? That makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's wacky at Pee Wee's Playhouse. It's, yeah. it's Cindy Lauper. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, and, and all the claymation that they put into it, and all this stuff like. It's, you know, and, and the movie's hilarious. Like, mm -hmm. I like. let me t say this. Let's watch the movie together. What, Big Adventure? Or, or um, Pee-wee's Big, Big Adventure. Not Big Top Pee-wee? No, no, well, yeah, P Big Top Pee-wee's not as good. But, mm -hmm. but let's watch Big Adventure together. Mm -hmm. And then the next time we have a podcast after you've watched the movie, tell me that movie is not funny. Oh, I'm sure yeah. it's funny. It's it's gonna be one of those yeah. that I'm gonna hate to laugh while I watch it because I want to. It's like for the rest of my life, I want to convince myself that I I do not like him, nor will I ever, and I will try really hard not to laugh. But and I'll try to refrain from laughing, and I'll still give in and laugh. And to some, to some level, I will end up enjoying the movie, but I will reluctantly tell you even that. even. 
the clips that I was showing you last night. You were laughing. Yes, at I that. was. Yes. I say we kill them. Yeah. I say we hang them, then we kill them. Yeah. It's it's come on. It's it's great. Yeah. It, it's a Tim Burton movie, and it's a Tim Burton movie with Pee Wee Herman in it. It's, Didn't he yeah. get like arrested or busted for something way back? Who? Pee Wee. Well. Or was it I like think public? Twice. Was it like public exposure? Well, yeah. I mean, that's like the reason that? why he basically like fell from grace. Yeah. So yeah, he went. He because again, it's before the internet, mm. so he went to to a public porn theater and he jacked off and he got caught. But I also then this one's more serious. Like sometime after that, I do believe he got caught exchanging child porn. I think. Hmm. Let me look that up to be sure. Yeah, I could have sworn. I could have sworn like he and Terry, and not not Terry Jones. Terry Jones, rest in peace. Mm. Jeffrey Jones. Um, oh, I, yeah. I could have sworn like he may have been involved. Let me look that up real quick. Involved in the same thing. Possibly. At the same time, like let in me cahoots. See. Were they in cahoots with each other? Let me look it up. Right? Can we look it up, Jamie? Yes, please look it up, Jamie. So it's 2022. Paul Pee Wee Rubens charged in kid porn probe. He's targeted in the same investigation under which pal Jeffrey Jones was cited for allegedly enticing a minor to pose for pornographic photos. Yikes. Let me just see. Sorry for the moment of silence. Mm-hmm. Moment of silence because Pee Wee's funny, but it sucks <laughs> that... Child porn is not funny at all, and I'm still I'm still inwardly giggling though at the whole like what I said to you last night about like when he was shining up his bicycle and happily just like taking the bicycle down the driveway and I'm like oh that's you with your car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but anyhow. Yeah, but well, I don't know. I could do another deep dive, but I hope that probe didn't show anything <laughs> but i, I think it said he turned Say that word one more time babe Ugh. probe yeah. <laughs> but anywho um yeah. how can we get back to talking about bowie do we have any more that we have to say or want to say about bowie um Except you know i can't for the fact that you know, it's awesome one thing and then coming back to like that as far as doing art for art's sake mm. i also love like the range of things that he's done Mm -hmm. because again he's somebody who has worked with Nine Inch Nails or you know Trent Reznor and done stuff with him Mm -hmm. but he's also done Christmas he did that Christmas bit with Bing Crosby Mm -hmm. so it's like his range of what he was able to do that he could be in an R-rated movie or he could be in a Jim Henson movie and I will will say this and this is another David Bowie doesn't count thing because mm-hmm. here he is in labyrinth dancing with jennifer Connolly, and how old was she in the movie like 13 14 years old i think she was supposed to be a 16 year old whether she was 16 like i think she was i think she was like fucking young in that well like, let me wh- let me find out for you let's while you're talking about yeah. how does he not count and, but what I mean by that is that, like, here he is dancing with an underage girl in the movie, and there's that romance, romantic connection, or that romantic tension between the two of them. No action and, was ever taken. There no, was nothing, but, but, but come it was on. just definitely insinuated. So, 
But Labyrinth came out in 86. Jennifer Connelly was born in 1970. However, if the movie came out in 86, it was probably filmed in 85, which be- would have made her 15. But I believe she... Yeah, because so... But And what I'm saying he doesn't count is that there's definitely that rom- romantic tension between the two of them. I mean, come on. All I ask is for you to let me rule you, and then you can have anything you want. You know? Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it's like, come on. But nobody bats an eye at it. You know? <laughs> Neither <laughs> does Winnie. <laughs> Winnie. Now, remember, what are their choices for the goal? <laughs> Winnie, come on. <laughs> Wait a moment. Here they go. Remember that? <gasps> yeah, just wait. I remember, would wait a little bit more. Re- remember, we'll remember that scene in Requiem for a Dream? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to bring that up for a second. Ass to ass. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, that movie makes me want to like scrub my eyeballs. I want to remove my eyeballs and dunk them in bleach. My God, that movie is such a downer. That fucking, um, that fucking one guy, ass to ass. I can't wrap my mind around that. Uh, There's a lot. You know uh, what? You know what I have just realized. There, I use the term wrap my mind around because I guess there's a lot of shit in the world I can't wrap my mind around. A lot of a lot of stuff that people say and do, and a lot of experiences. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, but uh, I don't feel like getting too philosophical anymore. No. But but I do got to say mm. this though. Coming back to David Bowie, yes. dancing with a very young Jennifer Connelly and the romantic tension. Mm-hmm. Remember, mm-hmm. one of their choices for the Goblin King was Michael Jackson. <laughs> oh! Imagine Michael Jackson was no. in that movie. Nobody would be. Nobody would be able to ever watch that movie or talk about that movie ever again. Mm-hmm. And. I, but of course, I've got my own opinions about the whole Michael Jackson uh, thing he too. He wouldn't have been able to have wrapped out those pants like Bowie did. No. No. But imagine in a. <laughs> there was a moment of silence yeah. on that one too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, like trying to imagine Michael Jackson dressed up as as Jareth with those pants. He, it... Bowie filled out those pants <coughs> just perfectly. You, yeah. you can't you, you can't perfect perfection when it comes to those pants. Put Michael Jackson in those pants. Wah, wah. Yeah. No, no. So I'm I'm glad I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. That he wasn't involved in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have so many catty things that I could say, but I don't feel like saying them on this yeah. podcast. Yeah. So uh, let's, moving, on, so moving on, moving um, <laughs> on. Trying to think if there's any last minute things about Bowie. Um, you know, just to bring it up, like touching on, because we were also watching funny videos last night mm. pertaining to David Bowie, and I had already mentioned um, the show Flight of the Concords. Definitely mm. look it up. Uh, extras. Extras, yes. If you've never let's, like, watched that let's, show, Extras... Let's talk for a second about how we think that it's awesome that Ricky Gervais and David Bowie were good, close friends. Yeah. I, I think that that's amazing. And, you know, yeah, let's even talk about that. Because one thing that I've noticed is that David Bowie loves to surround himself with attractive people. And let me clarify on that. Uh, Ricky Gervais, mm. if you've never seen a photo of what he looked like back in his 20s when he was a young man... Ricky Gervais was like 
um, looked like he could have been a model. Like he, like, he like looked like he should have been a member of Duran Duran. Like, if if you've never seen, if you're listening to this, if you've never seen a photo of Ricky Gervais when he was like young, like there's like a there are like black and white photos circulating around. Like he was a handsome dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like he Bowie was good friends with. Uh, going back to Batman, Commissioner Gordon. Uh, why are we having a moment G- here? Gary Oldman. Yeah, you another know, another one of my celeb crushes. Yeah, Gary Oldman was a huge heartthrob back when he was younger too, and they were close friends too. That's a movie that I've always wanted to see, and I haven't gotten around to <clears> the <throat> one like where he played uh, Sid Vicious. Yeah, was it Sid to... and Nancy? Yeah, yeah, I've, I've never seen that one you know too. What I heard before was that when he before he did that part, when they offered that part to him, he either had no idea who Sid Vicious was. Or had no idea about their music. It was one or the other. He had absolutely no clue. I think he hated no. doing the movie, too. Like, <laughs> well, he... I mean, for not having seen it, but at least seen, like, still movie stills and, like, how he, you know, looked... He, he totally fucking looked like Sid Vicious. Yeah. They, picked a, they picked a good actor to, to portray him. Yeah. But... Mm, Gary mm-hmm. Oldman. Can we talk about Gary Oldman for a moment? Oh, we certainly can, babe. I, one I, one I, word, just to mm-hmm. drop the mic. Mm-hmm. Dracula. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. that mo- you know, honestly, I think over time, I think that movie holds up even more because it's just such a fucking we- visually weird movie. And I even like looking at it, and comp- I, I've seen comparisons. I think it's one of the most faith... I mean, with the exception of like the inner romance thing kind of like underlined but like I think it's one of the most faithfully adapt like faithful adaptations to the actual book okay like with some minor exceptions like even the fact that he doesn't have a mustache because like Dracula had a mustache in the book really but yep yeah. huh. but I mean even like you know the three women eating the baby like that's in the book um you know how he dies like how Quincy is the one that gives the final blow. Spoiler alert! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm spoiling it. Dracula. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't at this point in your life <clears> seen <throat> Gary Oldman's Dracula, you've been living under a rock. So yeah. get out from under that rock and go watch it. But it's awesome. But yeah, like Quincy stabbing Dracula in the heart and then Quincy dying. I mean, all all that is in the book. Yeah. Um, but again, just like visually, like you know, Dracula in his bat form, Dracula in his wolf form. Just like the movie is visually stunning. Can we also talk about how amazing Keanu Reeves was in that? (laughs) You know what? (laughs) Sorry, Keanu. He knows it. We all know it. But you know what? It goes down in it goes down in Hollywood history. Wait, wait, wait. It's okay. I knew where the bastard sleeps. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Keanu. Or he's he's grown young. (laughs) But you know what? It. It works, and I understand why they picked him for it, because they wanted somebody that seemed innocent and naive. And let's face it, if you want somebody innocent and naive, you're going to get Ted Theodore Logan. (laughs) So, like, it definitely worked on that level, like, picking him, because he wanted somebody, oh, hello there, I'm, I don't know what the fuck is going on. (laughs) He just makes me happy. Oh, Keanu, yeah. Yeah, Keanu. Keanu was all right in my book. He he could be in the most craptastic film, and he would still make it worth worthwhile watching. Yeah, I love that article that I found on him once. It said like, and it says like Keanu Reeves, 
Keanu Reeves has never said that he was a good actor, and that's why we love him so much. Mm-hmm. And I almost <laughs> feel that, like, similar to Bowie, that Keanu doesn't count. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I feel like, the you know, like, if there are certain things that happen or certain things that are implied or whatever, Keanu like, doesn't count. I think... And you know what? This is another thing I remember hearing about David Bowie, like in an article somewhere, or like a statement. It's like David Bowie made his peace with fame, because mm-hmm. you know how I've always like I like to bring up that quote by Marlon Brando that he it's like oh I got famous one day and then next thing you know I was sitting on an endless pile of candy. Because again, when you become a celebrity, you know it's like everything you, is at your fingertips, and it's like drugs and women women men whatever and boys you want. Ugh, but, and, you know, and girls whatever you yeah, want and they'll get for you and it's like what does that do to a person i do think that despite you know like bowie having a drug problem and obviously getting into what shenanigans he did like in his youth mm. like him like outgrowing that and getting past that i think you know making his peace with it it's like okay mm. this is the game this is what it is but i can find my happiness within it mm-hmm. like i think Keanu definitely has that too where it's like he's not letting the fact that he's you know ted theodore logan neo john wick um point you know he being in point break being in speed like letting that get to his head and <clears throat> letting him Im- him get impacted that way. Like he's held on to like a certain like humbleness. You know, like he'll st- like those photos. Like he'll still ride the subway and like. And I think that's where maybe like it's you- some, maybe it's stuff like that that keeps a person grounded. Yeah, like like yeah, he he's grounded. Like Johnny Depp, say whatever you want about your opinions on like everything that's gone on with him, like. I would not say that Johnny Depp is grounded, <laughs> you know. And again, like I, you know, like I don't think. And again, we'll never know for sure, but it's like all that stuff that happened. Yeah, emotionally, like we go on with what you were going to say. I like, just, just totally farted out. Just Sorry. like <laughs> Johnny Depp is definitely somebody who became famous at a very early age, mm. and I think was negatively impacted by like basically an entire culture saying that he was a heartthrob that he was gorgeous it's like oh my god you're so beautiful you're a big star you're amazing at such a young age and was was impacted negatively what i was trying to say before was that like everybody's emotional levels are different and how everybody everybody's coping mechanisms are different no you could take say for example you and me and my emotional levels can be different from yours and maybe your coping mechanisms with fame you would you would be able to cope differently than say i would and that's purely an example maybe it would be opposite or maybe we would both cope with it perfectly fine now but just maybe over time just how how much or how accessible things are to you and how much on a pedestal a person is put um Sorry, listeners. Uh, it's one of those mornings. That was a good one. Thank you. <laughs> That's from, from some of the peanuts. Yeah. Yeah. Like be. I told you, like I, I ate some of those peanuts in the trail mix this morning, and peanuts just really don't set well with me anymore. And it sucks because I love them. Ugh. Is that sucks about? That's one thing about like say quote unquote getting older is that I've noted that certain things I've been able to eat in the past, I really can't eat so much anymore. And 
Peanuts is one of them. I can eat Reese's cups, no problem, and even peanut butter to some degree. But like, give me a canister of cocktail peanuts, I will eat them, and then I will regret it later because it's hard for me to digest them properly yeah. now. Uh, yeah. Uh, and even like potato chips. You know I love my potato chips, but they don't really like set well with me that much anymore. Well, I mean, part of it is, yeah. I mean, we're trying to be better, better. with things and stuff. Yeah. Like, honestly, like... Eat, eat me even eating like rice and noodles and stuff like that like I feel like yeah. shit after so yeah. <clears throat> and that's okay yeah. no if we feel like shit about it then we're gonna stay away from eating it so it's a win-win you know I'm happy about that yeah but anywho I, don't, anyway. I didn't mean to uh, um, what we were talking about Johnny Depp and coping with fame and how people react to it differently yeah I definitely think he made his peace peace with it who, Keanu or Johnny? Well, both. Okay. But, you know. But like, in their own ways. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's all I can say about that. Um, <laughs> coming back to uh, David Bowie doesn't count, though. <laughs> another thing that comes to mind, because when we were watching the video, I, we had the captions on and listening to lyrics, and Ashes to Ashes, and there was that one line about a certain type of girl Beginning with the letter J and yes. rhyming with with WAP. map with WAP. How about if it rhymes with WAP? Yep, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, he just said that, but you know what? It was a product of its time. David and David Bowie doesn't count. Exactly. With that said, <clears throat> can you pause it again for a second, please? Yep, we'll be right back. <clears throat> All right. And we are back, but honestly, it is that time because we've got some stuff to do today. Mm. Um, before we go, in the spirit of David Bowie, throwing a little impression for you because you know I love, Turn back, Sarah. Turn back before it's too late. Prince of the land of stench. <laughs> uh, no, that, that sucks. All right. Never mind. All right. Fuck it. Whatever. It's a podcast. All right. Um, oh, it'll be okay. But yeah, there we go. Yeah. Normally, I do it good. Or my mom thinks it's good. Uh, <laughs> my dad's uh, mayor. My dad's mayor. <laughs> I love my mayor. All right. Uh, it was um, still a fun episode. We kind of went all over the place per usual, but we tried to stay on track with Bowie. And yeah. Bowie, if you're somewhere out there floating around listening, I hope that we did you right by talking about you in this episode. Um, we love you. He's in space. He is. Yeah. David Bowie's in space. All right. There we go. All right. Have a great weekend. See you next time. And maybe we'll, no, we will do mm-hmm. something else next time. I already have an idea for next week's episode. All right. Don't spoil it. No. We'll yeah. keep you all in suspense now. All right. You heard? <laughs> all all right. right. Have a good week, everyone. Been fun. Catch you on the flip side. Toodaloo party people. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Bye-bye.